Welcome to Clued Up But Clueless. This is a podcast all about leveling up, self, money, and career. Join at Coco Not Quite Chanel and It's Me Karina on our journey of self-discovery and self-improvement. Let's go. Hello. Welcome back, guys. Episode 16, here we are. Do you know what? New year, new us and everything, but we are still working on the schedule, guys. We're <laughs> humans and life really did get in the way. And, you know, there's a war. There's a war. Do you know what? It's so funny. I feel like we do a disclaimer at the start of every episode that we're not on schedule. So moving forward, we drop when we drop. There's no schedule. Exactly that. Do you know what? You either roll with us or you, you don't roll with us. Yeah. We know who the real ones are. Thank you for our... Um, loyal like 10 people we really oh, like no. love and respect you stop it stop it. <laughs> <laughs> oh so this has <laughs> been since we last caught up with people um we went from complaining about a pandemic and now we will be complaining about a war and I did not expect that between the episodes so what the hell is going on in the world I keep saying this to people but I just remember being at school and they were teaching us about what the future might look like. And they were telling me about hovercrafts. Mm. I have not flown to work once, but where, instead, where, where is the, the technology? Where honestly, where is the technology we were promised? Where are the flying cars? Exactly that. Like I've not sat in one flying car, but do you know what I'm getting? Like freaking still famines because you know people are still starving out there there's droughts because of climate change mm. we're getting pandemics because that's what's happening oh now we're getting war like I just want to cry it's literally I feel like time is on a loop because the war has happened before the plague not even the plague the flus have happened before the inflation has happened before the civil unrest has happened before we're just we can't get out of this cycle but you know what? It's it's some some of that obviously we can't control because the pandemic. There's conspiracy theories as to whether it was manufactured or not. But you know, <clears> let's, say it's not, it's, let's say it's natural. You know, these things happen. It, However, it, it, not in lab, but yeah, go on, car- carry on. Oh, <laughs> but you know, the other things like with war and you know with with all the other things that we can control. It's just telling us that we're not learning from history. I think the problem is we go through those cycles of after like a big event like that happens with any war, inflation or some kind of financial crisis. We say, oh, no, you know, horrible, horrible, horrible. We will never let it get this bad again. And we're very conscious about making an effort to learn in that short period of time. Then two decades later we get into this false sense of utopia because we're like, wow, look at all these lessons that we've learned. It's really brought us all together. Wonderful. And you just pretend that there's no problems anymore at all. But then what comes after that is a whole generation's worth of people who've lived through a time where they were told that those problems were things of the past. They're kind of finished and done and moved forward as a society and we're, you, we're not even thinking about those things anymore. Like, we're past it. Don't you remember the time in the 2000s where everyone said we were in a post-racial society, for God's oh, sake? Oh, my gosh. I remember my lecturer actually announced that. And me and Gloria both went to Goldsmiths, which is so left and so, quote-unquote, woke, that it went down so badly. But he literally had literature and being in a post-racist society. And <laughs> look how that aged. 
but it's a way that he genuinely must have believed that in the little white utopia that is Australia and in that bubble you know where everyone was like doing well financially there weren't really any conflicts or issues at that time you know because people were able to suppress it because the life quality of life was genuinely good but you know as soon as one tiny thing changes and there's one issue I don't know why racismo comes out Mm -hmm. but any time that life goes slightly left for for the general population they just decide to be racist I mean even look at Ukraine people are getting bombed and they decide to have racismo I'm confused it's like it's like literally this is why for me I mean we can go into the wall we won't get overly political but like it's really hard to express sympathy for the people over there when they're literally blocking black people from fleeing the country like how how is their first thought racism i don't know this is where i have a conversation that i was having with um another friend about the whole palestine situation where she was angry like well people post about blm i'm like you cannot compare these these things because there's a difference between sympathy and empathy because sympathy is being able to look at something and say that is a bad situation point blank period no empathy is being able to relate your lived experience with that person's lived experience and why I clarify this is because I have sympathy for what's going on with the people in Ukraine because no one should be bombed out of their home like it's just not right invasions are not right and that's my stance no matter who is involved I'm very unitary on that because humanity is humanity in my eyes Mm -hmm. unfortunately as we've seen other people still have racism in their heart and they have this irrational hate for people that they do not know based on literally just their appearance and the color of their skin and do I have empathy for people that feel like that when bad things happen it's capped it's capped because I I can't like my lived experience of like not being a hateful person can't relate to seeing you go through struggles and still find hate in your heart like it's making me see that and say Mm -hmm. but what you're doing how how is how is this how is this conducive even the, the the people I'm seeing sir Shouldn't you be fighting the, the Ruskies or somewhere? Please, Honestly, like... fight your enemy. Fight your enemy. <laughs> fight your enemy. You're but you know what I like us. about this? Like, not like, but what is quite an interesting thing about this particular war and any kind of issue that we've had Palestine as well and Syria is that um, it's documented in real time. So I'm going on the timeline and seeing black people who are literally tweeting like, we've been at the border for eight hours. We can't get through. We'll be, we're not allowed on the trains. Like, this type of stuff in in usual history and in usual wars you're having to find letters that someone's found in the bottom of someone's drawer from 25 years ago whereas we're seeing it unravel real time so we're getting a bit more of a real picture of what's going on with the war but we have to be careful because obviously we remember the whole Cambridge Analytica documentary and propaganda being spewed out so we're we're in a very confusing time where we're getting to see real stories but we're also being spun some fake narratives at the same time yeah I agree and you know what I have like a double opinion on this because firstly absolutely fuck off to the people that are trying to say that racism in eastern europe is is the russian bots plotting propaganda i'm so sorry but people i'm so sorry god please forgive what i'm about to say but people with lonsdale creps have been causing mayhem on the streets Mm -hmm. of the uk with the racism that they've imported from eastern europe they've come over 
and brought that heavy-handed racism with them. And I know for a Fendi fact that that is how large portions of people in that part of the world feel, which is exactly why I'm not trying to go there. Me and my black self do not like being hate-crimed. And that is a very hate-crime um, central area. So I don't know why people are now saying, oh, well, it's Russian disinformation to say that there's racism. There's been racism there. Yeah. And the difference between that racism and the Western European racism is that racism comes with, like, the possibility of being, like, physically harmed. And I just can't get down but with that. Also there's nothing there, in this world that can make me do that. Their racism is also very, very, very direct. Like, the racism we experience here is obviously systemic and it's it's those subtle um, microaggressions. But there they will literally shout the N-word in your face on the street. It's a very different type of racism that people aren't used to and it feels much more aggressive because there's no hiding it. Yeah. And I will say, you know, caveat, obviously there are exceptions to every rule because every single Eastern European person that I know at the moment, like most of my close um, friendship circle is, it's very tense because I've got Russians and I've got Ukrainians, girl. Like It's been a tense time for them. But, you know, they're all great people and they get to the point where they're like, oh my God, like you would love, you would love Moscow. Do you know how many times someone said you've loved Moscow? And I just look at them dead in the eye and I said, me. I mm. would love Moscow mm. and I just don't need to say more than that and they're like yes you would love specifically Moscow but other places in Russia I can't vouch for your experience but there's no way like why would we go why would we go to so Russia? why would I go do you know what I mean like unless there is a financial incentive for me to be there and even then that coin better be big like why would I go in my leisure time and no. I know um one um black guy from my masters but he I feel like in his mind he was still living in that post-racial society that was created you know through through um texts back in the day because mm-hmm. he was getting on Facebook back in the day and saying you know people want to say like everything is a race issue he was really one of those blacks uh. you know that wanted to like yeah hun the fact that he, baby boy is starting to realize the racist mode there because he's living in Poland it's really the center of oh. the place I don't want to go it's really and he was like you know everyone's so nice I'm having a great time and then he had the experience you know in like to himself like one-on-one he was like yeah you know there's just so some uneducated people here that make it such a bad experience but now he's saying it's to the point where he doesn't know even though he loves the place he doesn't know if he would want to invite his parents there for fear that they might not have a great experience and it might not be all good I'm like don't you see the fact that you need to question whether your parents should be there is a factor that says that you, you shouldn't should not be, be there, there yourself yeah and exactly. I agree with that but then I also I also think we have to be careful as well because I saw some tweets online where people like literally other black people were like well you're black what did you expect in Ukraine and Russia and stuff and it's like okay cool we get that but right now people are fleeing a war so let's just focus on getting them out safely before we question why they were in these countries in the first place because that's just not a helpful mm-hmm. like conversation to be having on the timeline right now mm-hmm. and I will say like I've got I've got one cousin, I don't know why, she's living in Bulgaria, she's working and living there, which is obviously that region. My dad frequently goes um, to Eastern Europe for work. So I understand, like, people do that. And even he was like, oh, yeah, you know, medical students um, study those places all the time. Like, he's been knowing that this is what happens. Like, it's a very common thing, apparently. Mm -hmm. So for me, like, when people were saying, why are people... 
how 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 is that resolving the situation because the the factor is that they're there now so what yeah. can we do and, about and to it, be them honest, being there now some, someone could really throw that question at us about living in the UK as well so mm-hmm. let's let's all keep quiet and just hope that people get out safely because to be honest regardless of the views on, on my views on the war and my lack of sympathy for these well is it sympathy empathy you just explain it my lack of empathy for people who are being racist like war and violence and killing people is just never necessary in my point of view um but I do here we go I do understand why Putin is doing what he's doing because oh, same I don't want to do you know what we're gonna get taken do you know, of, do you know um, what actually <laughs> I think actually I thinking know. about it let's let's not <laughs> let's not i was but about to say girl we'll if, be called russian disinformation i can't yeah I can't do but it all, all i'm saying is if canada decided to join a little treaty with russia yeah and you're telling me that america ain't gonna be throwing no bombs and coming up with some military operations but when when certain people's missiles were put in cuba let's just say the americans mm. didn't react too kindly and tried to mess yeah. up a couple of elections but like but, but that's like what we, i'm not liking but it's, like it's we just spoke about like, people mm. have a sharp memory so exactly and you know bernie even was talking about you know the ideas of spheres of influence and it's exactly that like anybody mm-hmm. who studied politics or international relations knows that a lot of the dynamics in the world work on an unspoken equilibrium yeah. where certain countries just have certain allegiances and certain alliances and you know once those balances get skewed another way all hell can break loose yeah and then we've got to rely on military like what's it mutually assured disaster and that's the level we've got to oh, because now he's saying God. you know what i got nukes he said yeah. I got nukes. He says you're not <laughs> I'm getting really bad flashbacks to like first and second year international relation modules in politics, like mutually assured destruction and spheres of influence and so much Cold War. Like I hated IR in politics. I really I- hated it. I loved it, but uh, the reason, I the the reason. Modules. <laughs> but the reason why um I absolutely love it now is because back then, because we went to such a like left utopia place to study, they were trying to convince us, well, you know, back in the day, military force really mattered, but now it's a war of ideas. No, he's saying that he's gonna bomb us and we are scared. Like, I want to go back in class. Yeah, like, <laughs> like please let's out idea their nuclear weapons. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, okay, so he's going to see that we want to be in a democracy. I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what Ukraine wants to do. They want to go and join a nice international institution and become like ideologically Western. He's going to bomb them. That's the retaliation. Mm. He's not going to ideologically fight back. He's saying, look, I've got nukes. That's the <laughs> automatic response. Oh my gosh. But like we said, let's let's not get too much into Russian politics because yeah, we, it's not, we, it's not, do you know what? We that's just what... started this podcast. We don't want it shut down just yet. That's not for black folk. I'm so sorry I have to say that and be so out and out with that. But it's really mm-hmm. not for us black folk to be like, other than, you know, the fact that it's got global ramifications really is important for us to be paying some kind of attention. The people that are ignoring it entirely don't do that because yeah. when it's on your doorstep and you're wondering why your life is impacted and changed, like you need to understand. So don't ignore it. But like mm, the ins and outs and the inner workings and all of that, unless you're a nerd like me and you just love it, don't even concern yourself because that's truly not black people's business. Like it's truly not. Like I'm so mm-hmm. sorry. But I will say people who were then saying like, maybe like I have zero sympathy, like da 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 humanity is in humanity and what i would say is this is not the first anti-black population in recent history that's gone through these sorts of struggles and regardless of people's personal views um i'm 
just not for the way that these instances make it feel like the world is going Mm -hmm. I don't like responding with hate with hate like if you can respond in a better way like you definitely should do because you're also returning that energy and setting a bad example for these people back like that kind of combative environment in the world is exactly why we're here and like I just I just don't feel like returning energy is ever going to get us in a good place especially when there's people dying it's just not it's not even good for your own spirit to be looking at people dying and not feel anything don't you understand that that's why certain pe- groups of people white people are able to watch those adverts of like children dying and sinking and all of that and feel so disconnected because they have some kind of hate and disdain in their heart for those groups of people that they don't even view them as humans so for us to now do that back to people and say well they did this so I can like switch off their humanity and like switch off all my emotions like no even if they're hateful I'm gonna see children sheltering from bombs and still feel something like I can't get to that point but I don't necessarily think it's about about a place of hate and disdain in your heart like I think we see so much trauma on a daily basis we also see so much violence and death and killings in movies and films and um, TV shows, etc., that um, were desensitized a lot of the time to it. But also, people are experiencing their own personal traumas as well. So, to take on the mm-hmm. traumas of other people is too much. We're on social media where we're seeing daily, daily traumas of people from all around the world. And the human brain was never meant to experience that. We were only meant to experience the trauma of the people in our tribe that we could see around us. So, I think that we've just been exposed to it so much that we become desensitized. And it's not necessarily out of a place of hatred, but just out of a place of like conditioning. So rather than rather than telling people to kind of have less hate, I would think like tell people to either if they're engaging with it, remember what it is that they're seeing or simply to to not engage with the content at all. I think that's better. Like I mm-hmm. feel like if I feel like if if you are in a position in your life where you're you're suffering for whatever reason or your mental isn't where you want it to be then rather than looking at it and saying like oh, I don't give a fuck that this person's dead just don't look I think that's actually better mm-hmm. you can mute words on the timeline it's like it's we we really have to protect our brains because there's so much um negativity that we're seeing on a daily basis like and we mm-hmm. see it and we scroll like one second scrolling away scrolling away like you haven't just scrolled past like people being bombed you haven't just scrolled mm-hmm. past like extreme racism or all these other triggers but we just keep scrolling like we don't stop and think about what we're seeing I definitely agree and I definitely would say I'm not talking about those people I'm also talking about the people and I can't believe I saw this that were like I'm gonna go out of my way to go to Novikov they're all like making jokes about going to Russian establishments on purpose to like spite Ukrainians and that's what I'm like this is where like things start to take a turn in the opposite way where instead of us just not feeling any anything for people we're going to like the point where we're saying do you know what let's support Russian based things out of spite I don't think you should disconnect from supporting Russian things in your local communities because those regular people have nothing to do with what's going on but Mm -hmm. making a point of saying you're going to do it to spite the situation because the ukrainians are anti-black i've seen that a few too many times the last couple of days and it's just it's not sitting right with my spirit that that's where this is this is going because even in some of these um arabic countries they'll be calling black people slaves and doing all sorts of madness but when when stuff happens in the middle east i'm not going to be questioning the anti-blackness of those different communities because i'm just saying okay well what's happening is not great and if i'm not in a space to engage with it i completely agree with queen i like sometimes it's too much and you don't want to get to a point where 
you're turning you being informed to like you having like war porn just constantly like dropped on your TL Mm -hmm. to a point where it's almost like a form of entertainment because that's another way to like dehumanize the situation so if you do need to just step away and step back into your own reality it's completely fine but like I don't know the more we want to go into like how racist or not racist was someone to like justify some of my actions it just I'm seeing it turn so much the other way where people are saying well good those things are happening I'm gonna go to Novikov tomorrow ha 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 I'm like it's just I don't I don't feel like it's doing us any good collective karma to let us get from the point of apathy to like actual disdain for people because they're anti-black like mm, I don't know no, do you know what? I agree. I agree with the sentiment you're saying. And I think like it just echoes where a lot of people's mind is at right now in that like there is just so much to try and navigate. You're, there's a lot of hate coming from every direction on various different teams and sides of the coin about this whole thing. And the, there's then now an extra layer of racism and anti-blackness to it. So the world is a lot right now. And we've also just come out of a pandemic. Well, we're not even out of a pandemic, depending on how you look at it. Um, we're entering into a war. The, there's hyperinflation. Gas prices are going up. Like things are hard right now for people. And it's not easy. And we're quite aware mm-hmm. of that. It's not easy for us either. Definitely. And that is why, drum roll, please. <laughs> we're going to segue onto today's episode so for today we thought it'd be really fitting to actually give you an episode completely focused on health as wealth Mm -hmm. because we know that stuff is stuff is going left in this universe and it's really taken an impact on people even if you don't recognize it now you might see it like I did through just a change in your levels of productivity in your mental clarity days might just be feeling a bit more arduous to get through so we've got the episode just for you where we'll share our experiences of what we're kind of struggling with health and wellness wise right now or you know in the past and how we've kind of actively tried to work through those situations and what we'd suggest you know people take on as some tips and tricks if they're struggling right now yeah exactly and and we think it's especially important because obviously this podcast clued up but clueless we often talk about like money tips finance tips career tips self tips but the reality is as well that we're still clueless a lot of the time we're still learning and these are things that we're going for on a daily basis and hopefully just some of our techniques and tips can be useful to our listeners too so let's let's start sharing let's go let's let's so let's start with you this this time Karina Mm. how how's things been going for you health and wellness wise so um I've had a difficult past few weeks I won't lie um so when I when I view my health and wellness overall I kind of see it in three categories so the obvious one is my physical health um and then the next one is my mental health but then the third one for me is my like soul and spiritual health so they all kind of intertwine and usually if one falls off the others tend to lack or that one can be an indication of where the others are at so I've had like quite a challenging couple of weeks in terms of um, my mental health, which in turn affects my spiritual health and then my physical. So I'll give you an example, like when um, I'm feeling anxious or whatever, um, more time 
even though the best thing to do in anxiety is to meditate but when I'm feeling anxious I don't meditate which then affects a lot of my spiritual practice and the things that I'm doing because I have to be meditating and then when I'm in those head spaces I go for junk food in order to like alleviate feeling a bit crappy and then because I've eaten junk food then I don't want to go for a run because I'm feeling lethargic so there's like a snowball effect for me and I'm I kind of do things in extremes in life like it's never just a oh I've had one little blip in this so I'll carry on great and everything it's like everything kind of crashes down together um so recently my my stresses have been about um like my of home life and family life which is things that I've been bringing up in therapy and you forget how much like repressing things actually doesn't doesn't fix a solution fix a problem it doesn't cause a solution you end up just having to deal with it multiple years down the line which is where I'm at right now um and I've made it no secret on this podcast that I'm in therapy I think it's something that people should normalize much more um but the side of therapy that people don't talk about is it's not like you just go you speak to someone for an hour you feel great you walk away you have to do the work in between and I liken it to therapy is like a class um but life is the exam so you have to be revising and actually putting in practice the things that you've learned in therapy in your life and if you don't do that it is just a waste of money you're just going to talk to someone and not actually grow and develop so anyway I've had a load of things resurface, um, which meant that I was eating a lot of chocolate. I wasn't running. I was stressed. And some of the techniques that I want to say that I've put in place in order to kind of come back from those spaces is um, is more so about like choosing actions rather than um, rather than any type of abstract um technique or mind game. It's not really like that. But for me, it's as simple as deciding okay, regardless of how I feel on this morning, without fail, I will set an alarm, get at seven and get up at seven. And I'll make sure I do that every day for a week or two weeks, however long it takes. But what I do is I force myself back into a routine because even though it might feel like a chore or like it might feel difficult, when I start making myself do good habits, naturally, you'll start to pick up and fall back into the good habits. So if I make sure I'm getting up at a certain time and I'm not sleeping in, I make sure that I have healthy food in the house. I make sure that every day I leave the house and go on a walk so that I'm getting direct sunlight. I make sure that every day I open my blinds. So even though in those moments, I might not be feeling 100% well, by doing these things, you are indirectly helping yourself get better. And for me, um, making sure that I timetable in time for a meditation as well. If I've not meditated for a few days, I, I know that things are going downhill. So I timetable time in for a meditation. I timetable time in for a journaling. And it's quite a rigid way that I go about it. I know it won't be applicable to everyone. But I think if you're in a place where you don't have the motivation, but you're someone like in previous episodes where I've spoken about productivity, where actually being efficient and timetabling things in, then I, I timetable time for my wellness as well. And if you're not spiritual, then prayer equally works for people who are religious. So that, that would be my first thing that I would say is actually just be strict with myself and know that um, getting, getting over difficult times and stress is not plain sailing. It requires work. And in order to actually put in the work, you have to do the work. You can't just expect things to fix themselves without you actively trying. So my first advice would be, it's kind of tough love, but you have to actually do stuff. You can't just talk about it. You actually have to do it. 
and making sure that you're being really intentional and strict with yourself about doing the work and it's probably not always applicable to people who have severe mental health issues or people who are suffering with chronic depression and other things like that but if you are just someone who's going through a bit of a rough patch you got to allow yourself to feel it which I did I've I felt it for a while a week a couple of weeks allow yourself to process and go through the emotions but when you're ready to fix up you really unfortunately it's just about discipline it's about hard work and putting yourself in situations that are going to benefit you making sure that you're choosing the gym choosing the good foods choosing time for yourself and for positive lifestyle changes thank you so much Karina I really I really like that do you know what's kind of crazy listening to the way that you kind of deal with issues that arise when you have like bad moments like with your mental wellness etc we're very different people as everyone has realized we are Mm -hmm. almost opposite people but we do deal with these things fairly similarly which I actually found really interesting because like I said like I wouldn't expect someone who's so different to me to like have these same kind of coping mechanisms I'm not quite there on the meditation part yet but you know all the rest definitely I, I would wholeheartedly agree with so with myself I would definitely say that quite like Karina I've been I've been going through some things right now but I don't even know how to explain the feeling like in words but I'm sure everybody will know what it what the feeling feels like when I describe how it felt so I said feel so many times um so I don't know recently you know when your mind just feels kind of foggy you feel very unfocused and unsettled and just like something's not quite right you're not feeling productive anymore everything feels like such a task and you're just it's not even that you're particularly sad or whatever you just feel like there's something just kind of like on your mind and on your back that just is holding you back and holding you down that's been me for at least a month now I've been I felt very stuck very mentally unclear and I feel like moments like that are the worst because that level of demotivation it's just an everyday feeling and it just it just makes you feel like shit and you don't know why I think it's much easier to deal with tan like with feelings that feel more tangible like they feel more understandable like if I had something bad happen to me and I was upset about it it would be a lot easier for me to figure out what to do to kind of make myself feel better about the issue whereas when you're just feeling down demotivated sluggish and all these other negative ways but there's no like pinpoint moment or pinpoint thing that's causing you to feel that way I tend to find those things the hardest to snap back from because you actually don't really know what it is that made you get into that place so that's where I've been and the moment that I realized that hmm, you know maybe I'm not doing so hot with like the, the mental health side of things definitely for me it's always when I know that I I'm not doing things that I usually do anyone who knows me knows that I am obsessed with working out like I love working out a lot of people like talk about force themselves to, like go to gym no I love the gym I can't explain why I just I really enjoy it and I've always been like a competitive person I really really love pushing myself and doing lots of fun exciting things like long runs whatever whatever it is I will do it I love the gym so the moment that things like that that I enjoy start falling off I tend to start knowing that I'm not feeling quite right I look around myself and 
I'm very affected by like my, my mood really affects like my sense of organization when I'm not feeling great about myself or great about just you know feeling motivated etc I always start to let my surroundings go and it's not really like me like as soon as I became like a minimal spender type person and you know getting on top of my life I became very mentally organized and mental organization kind of spilled over into me being organized in my space so the moment that started to like just be you know left a little bit unorganized and that started to pile up and pile up and pile up it, it was just another sign that I wasn't necessarily in the best place. And quite like Karina, even though I'm an incredibly spontaneous person, I'm kind of a little bit all over the place in many respects. I have a core routine that I realise does make me feel better about things. And it's just like what Karina was saying. When <clears throat> this kind of feeling was impacting different areas of my life I noticed that I was picking up other bad habits that then made me feel even worse about myself so then the motivation to actually do anything beyond that like was just getting less and less and less and I know generally speaking I'm a fairly healthy eater but like just like not really paying attention to what I was eating at all I had a one day where I had three magnum ice um, ice creams and what and I don't even like them it was you know just, like, what? an impulsive thing to do I can't blame you for that they are delicious but they're not even my face but it was just a compulsive thing to do and you know what when I get into those down times I know that everything I do is like I I need I need that dopamine hit like I need that joy I need that extra like hit of of just satisfaction so I always overeat I'm a very strange eater. Sometimes I have quite compulsive eating patterns, which is like I hyperfixate on certain foods. Could be Magnum today, could be a different food tomorrow. Like I'm very weird about stuff like that. But I tend to notice that when I'm feeling like very, like not down, but you know what I mean? Like very mentally unclear, very demotivated. I tend to really pick up the bad habits um, much more on the food front and just pleasure eating but all the time pleasure eating which just doesn't it doesn't make me feel good and I I know some people really do like love junk food but I actually don't even enjoy it so my version of junk food isn't regular junk it's just eating like way way like more like weird times of the day stuff like that like that doesn't really align with what makes me feel good I was doing a lot more of that and I was also finding that my sleep patterns start to get really effective. I'm going to talk about sleep separately under my second point. So I won't go into it too much here, but my sleep pattern starts to get affected, but not because I can't sleep. As soon as I sit down, I sleep in cars, I sleep on trains, I sleep everywhere, but it's because I'm busy doing high stimulation things because I feel like so down and destimulated all day that I focus on doing high stimulation things just like the food I was doing a lot more drinking this month as well you know I'm doing all the wrong sort of high stimulation things like I'm not doing exercise instead I'm doing other things that aren't necessarily so good for me but because I'm doing those things just like a bit too much let's be real I'm being honest with myself and because I want to overindulge because it feels good at that point in time I really really was noticing that my sleep was averaging about four hours um, a day the last month which is just it's not normal like you can't that function is, on that yeah I was just about to say that must have such a knock-on effect in your day and your mood is and everything 
literally I I get to a point where in the afternoon I feel like I should crash and I just can't I can't even nap anymore like it's it's it started to get really really bad like actually worryingly bad and I know that you know being a woman cortisol levels which is like the kind of stress hormone in your body it's very sensitive with like um, your menstrual cycle and stuff and let me tell you that that has been bad too my menstrual cycle I don't know where she she is most of the time I can't lie like it's it's gotten worse it's really impacting my like physical health so it's just been like a constant wake-up call that these small changes that I think are nothingness because I'm not actually sad about anything the knock-on effect it's having on so many different aspects of my life is actually very concerning and on a, a very shallow um, aesthetic point oh child me me and my black skin that I took for granted because I was like I would never need to get Botox child I I started getting un- under eye wrinkles the other day and I knew it was because I, it was more so dehydration and lack of sleep. Like the extreme way that my under eye was looking. Extreme tiredness. And I looked at myself and I was like, oh, what have I done? Like, what have I done to myself? And it just made me feel so upset because it's like I'm doing it to myself, but I can't help it because doing all these bad things feels good at the time. And there's something about the fact that I'm not feeling so great right now that's making me want to do these things more, even though I know it's ruining, it's just ruining me. So getting past that now the last few days I've I've realized that what really just helps me is getting back on a cycle me and Karina are very very similar in this respect so for me the first day where I woke up I was like do you know what I'm just gonna like organize and tidy and clean my space it just makes me feel better about myself because I've achieved something you know even if you don't achieve something work-wise it's just an easier way to make make you feel like you know I can I can do these tasks and function wise I like being able to look at things and everything feels orderly it makes me feel orderly so that was the first step where I was like oh I'm getting it together the whole picking back up on the exercise thing doing things that seem like they're a bit of a task to do and like forcing myself to just try and do it even if I do it for a short period of time I was even rebuilding my Duolingo streak like small things like that that I know are inconsequential to anything else in life because it's nice to have low um, pressure tasks that you can achieve just to make you feel good so that's what I've been focusing on you know getting in like a little bit of French each day getting back on my exercise routine getting back into my normal eating habit and I think you know I was putting a lot of pressure on myself on the whole eating from because I was like you know what maybe I'm being like very restrictive no child what I realized is that my body really suits healthy eating and doing a lot of overindulgence actually just made me feel bad about myself so like listening to my body listening to how I feel about things has been the best thing that I've decided to do the last couple of days getting back on my vitamins because when you take vitamins wow you realize that you were living life on like 60% the whole time it's just made me feel good about myself again so getting back into the swing of things that make me feel good has really been helping me out so much mentally but a big part of that is getting back into a routine but I'll hit that back on the second point where I talk about sleep because I think it's more relevant then but yeah that's me at the moment hadn't been doing amazing but getting better (laughs) you know what you're you're right we are similar in a lot of regards in the routine way and I think that perhaps it it is just something that is helpful for people because we obviously do our routine in a different way like I I don't go gym the same way you do and 
you you introduce cleaning into your routine and things like that but like a routine which whatever works for the listeners is something that you could try and adopt to make things easier because I know like especially with working from home right now and like all these various things it can be quite easy to slip out of a routine and stay in your pajamas all day and get up like a minute before your first meeting so even like little routines that work for you which could be like getting up at a set time and making sure you get a shower and get dressed like mentally that is quite useful and Gloria I loved the idea you shared about like doing your five minutes of Duolingo because um that's just a little dopamine hit you know when you pass a new level um but you're feeling productive (laughs) and you don't feel like even if that's the one thing you do today like do that and be proud like I've you've done five minutes of Duolingo you've learned something new even if it's like watching one TED Talks per day just something to make you feel like you've done something and your brain will feel like it gets a reward exactly that and I think the problem is when people go on these like lifestyle chains like hacks and hits they see um these like billionaire like morning routine things that are very very like heavy wake up at five like very militant and they start applying a lot of additional pressure on their lives where you don't understand like how impactful having these this fucking locking you out of your phone you know what this time let's leave this in because you know guys viewers list viewers listeners um basically uh, i in in the in the essence of the fact that i'm trying to improve my sleep i have these automatic um locks on my phone that lock me out of all the apps after a certain time which always happens to go off whilst we're um recording so every yeah. time every time every we're time, recording but you know small things like that you know there, there are steps that you can take but yeah my not so well times but yeah you know just to prove that I am trying at least <laughs> um, but you you were saying about how like billionaires have these like crazy morning routines that put too much pressure on people like 5am club and stuff yeah and you know what um I actually watched a YouTube video uh where someone tried the billionaires um routine but they have like a very normal job like regular person you know normal life and you know there were some benefits like there are some benefits to having like a structured way you start your day but there were things where they even acknowledged that you cannot actually achieve this many different things if you have children she had she had a dog she's like yeah I can't take my dog out for a walk um before work and get all these other steps done like it's just not possible for her without a support system she had a partner luckily but you know don't put pressure on yourself to achieve all these different things that that certain people were able to do when they've got like house help let's be realistic like you're not in the exact same position these different people are mentally you might not be you know just with how your sleep schedule works for you you might not be some people don't work best in the mornings even if they have the best morning routine you might work effectively in the evening just listen to yourself and just try to implement changes that could be supportive to your mental wellness and like make sure that you you take advice with a pinch of salt and just try and figure out what works best for you on a one-to-one individual basis yeah I want to echo that before I go on to my next point and just agree and say that 
although we're giving like we're saying our ways to get over a funk is to set these routines I want to say also that it's important sometimes to feel those feelings because it, it ties in with my next point but if you are just like feeling burnt out or overwhelmed or like life is too much sometimes you do just need those little cheat weeks or whatever but when it's starting to become more than just a week or a couple of weeks however long you take for yourself the tips that we're giving are for how to kind of get back on track and how to get back into a good mind state when you're struggling a little bit but um it does lead on to my my next point um and something that I've adopted when I'm struggling and how I'm kind of getting over it and it's to do with actually like um open and emotional communication but specifically more so like setting boundaries for myself um because I I obviously talk a lot about my spirituality and being a spiritual person and energy exchange is a real big deal for me and I I heard an analogy once and I was speaking to my girls about this literally yesterday um, and it was like about introverts versus extroverts and they said that basically imagine if in the morning if you're an introvert you wake up with let's say five coins and every person you speak to you give a coin so by the end by the time you've spoken to five people you're depleted you have none left you need to go to bed and recharge whereas extroverts maybe wake up with zero coins but every person they speak to they get given a new coin so it's like energizing themselves and then by the end of the day if they've spoken to loads of people they might have loads of coins and sometimes with an introvert um, some days you wake up with two coins, some days you wake up with 20 coins. Sometimes with an extrovert, you might only gain coins from a certain type of person, not every person, but you get the general gist is that you're either depleted or um, energized by people. And I always stuck with that analogy for quite a long time because I'm an introvert and it just felt easy to be like, oh yeah, like every time I speak to people, I'm drained. But what I realized is that actually for me, that isn't um, entirely the truth. And the issue that I was having, which was having a negative impact on my life, is that I didn't have boundaries set in place, like real clear boundaries. Um, And my babes mentioned it to me recently. They were saying that how I allow people a lot of my time because I'm quite caring. And by nature, I... I've always like prided myself on the fact that people can come to me for advice. Um, obviously with my line of work for Shadow to Shine, the the whole aim is helping young people. There's 200 young people that we work with. Um, and just generally, I'm always open to supporting and giving advice to people. Um, and what I was doing was doing that actually at the expense of myself. So um, I had like friends who have been in dilemmas and that's not to say people can't call me before I say this, but I've had friends who've been in dilemmas who have called me at like two or 3 a.m. multiple times to get past my do not disturb that's on my phone when they know that it's a work night and it's not even an emergency. They're just like stressing about some drama that's happened with a boy or um, I've had friends who, and I'm, using the word friend loosely but I've had friends who maybe um every time they've got a problem that might even be self-inflicted they come to me because I'm I'm the one that they can come and talk to and I'm the one that can offer advice and I'll be a listening ear and I was finding that um what I was doing was always giving the advice always giving the support but starting to resent it because I myself wasn't exercising proper open and honest communication so I would get frustrated thinking like oh they're not respecting me on my time but I also wasn't communicating the boundaries and 
this past year uh, sorry not this past year since the start of this year I've made a conscious effort to communicate boundaries more and also be explicit so um I'll turn around to friends and say like I'm not in the emotional space to talk about this right now it's nothing personal or if they're complaining to me about a situation I'll say more clearly now like to be honest I I I don't feel like my advice is going to be useful because you've not listened to it in the past or I'm even being honest with people when they're like asking me do you want to hang out like I've I've got um a reasonably new friend who asked me if I wanted to go for drinks and I was like to be honest no I don't because I'm busy and if I go for drinks with you then I don't have a free evening this week and I need a free evening this week to actually just regroup for myself and whereas in the past I've, I've always le- like felt quite bad for setting boundaries because I was made to feel that by not having a boundary and by l- being there for people that made me a good person um, but in actual fact it was depleting me and um, having a, a knock-on impact on my own wellness um, most of my spiritual wellness because of the energy that I was giving out a lot of the times to people and it wasn't coming back in return so I guess if I'm talking in terms of advice now for people I would say that like being genuinely confident in expressing a boundary and not feeling guilty for um putting those boundaries in place so like they say you can't pour from an empty cup um so yeah do do that don't feel guilty sometimes you do have to put yourself first in order to be there to support other people oh I'm so proud of you thank you no I really I really think that's advice that a lot of people need to hear because a lot of people that are unhappy friendship relationship wise is a lot of the time it is just because you haven't really set your boundaries and you're upset more so with the fact that people are maybe not respecting your boundaries but you haven't tried communicating them yet and that was definitely where I found myself last year during like the peak of lockdown and the pandemic I really realized that one of my relationships really needed to have the boundaries be readdressed and you know we we had to work back through the cycle once I realized that I just didn't want to accept certain things anymore from Mm -hmm. that person you know I feel so much better for it it was the best thing that I could have done and I'm so glad that you're on that journey too so yeah and and also the about the boundaries like not just friendships as well like for me I've had to put the boundaries in place with family which is even harder um and sometimes you know I know people have to put boundaries in place with even like their managers their housemates like whoever it is that's in your life that you're not communicating with but you're you know when you start to feel that resentment bubbling inside but they have no idea Mm -hmm. Um, that's that's just what I would say has been helpful to me and made me feel more at peace because I always felt like I was allowing myself to be used and then you don't feel good about yourself because you're like why am I allowing people to take 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 from me so yeah that's all boundaries in every relationship not just friendships yeah and it's crazy I was actually listening to another podcast today and one of the women she was actually talking about um boundary setting early on in the workplace and it's something that we never really think we have the power to do especially um it was actually a podcast about imposter syndrome so that's the context so especially when you know you're thinking oh you know I should be grateful for having this opportunity for having this job etc it really gets you into that mindset where you think you have to accept so much and like go above and beyond and do all these different things um, just to prove that you deserve to have your place in that workplace. But what, what that does 
is allow people to cross certain boundaries. And she said um, that what we need to be comfortable and confident is that we're competent at our jobs and set boundaries as to what is appropriate and what is not appropriate early from like the beginning. So people kind of know how to how to uh, approach working with you. And one example that she gave that I think a lot of people can really relate to is when you have like clear time that is work time and clear time that's private time. It's clear to you, but the reason why it's not necessarily clear to the people that you work with is because, you know, you've you've let it be known that you know you wake up at a certain time and even though it's not the start of the working day you're replying to emails they've got email replies from you before at that time so when it's their time now to ask a question and they know it's cheeky because it's a couple of hours before the working day let's say it's like 6 37 but they know you wake up at that time because you've got in a habit of replying they've got in a habit of asking you those things at that time when it's not your working time whereas if you kind of try to redress the balance and set the boundary that you know you reply to things during working hours if they're not urgent then that's kind of how people will start to address um, you and you tend to find that your relationship works a lot better once you like show people how to treat you but when you're not setting boundaries you're actually showing people that you accept being treated in a way that you don't appreciate and they don't know you don't appreciate because it's what you continually allow them to to do so I I just I really really like that one because that was definitely where I was last year and I think a lot of people um, need to need to work on boundary setting in multiple relationships yeah such a great Uh, point truly okay so my second point is like I say weirdly me and Karina fairly similar it's not boundary setting necessarily for me but I think it was much more about access and the reason why I would say boundary setting and access is not the same is because boundary setting implies that the person is still in your life in some way you just want to try and navigate the relationship so the way that they're in your life is the best way for you and that you could both be happy with um, the interaction that you have whereas I think access for me is I don't want you here (laughs) you need to go Um, so so that that was one thing um, that I realized was um, affecting my my mood recently when I really sat down with myself and said what what has actually changed in um, recent months that has led me to have this mood that's just an unexplainable just down I just don't it's not even I feel sad I just don't feel my 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 normal self I'm feeling kind of very out of whack and I can't blame it on Mercury because that ship has sailed so what is it and when I really sat down and thought about it I I realized that you know in working on yourself and becoming a better person you know there are certain things in your past that you wish you could have done differently and you know if you're fortunate enough you get the time to go and hash things out with that person explain that you wish you could have done it differently and could buy your things go well great I had one of those moments and I'm glad that I did it it was wonderful and I don't regret it however the subsequent um issue I then had was how now that you, you've had this old um, bond or connection made how do you then reconcile that part of your past with where you are now and I don't know I really really struggled because you know I'm just the kind of person that doesn't do loose friendship anybody who knows me knows that I've got about 10 friends I'm going to be honest I've got 10 friends and I'm very clear about who those 10 friends are (laughs) they know like it's, it's a very 
I, I live in a very simple world like that. And I, I think it's definitely helped me because I, I don't have... I don't have these issues that certain people have like and it's it's a privilege to not be able to relate to so many generally speaking so many bad friend stories that people seem to have like every other week about about their friendship groups I've been quite blessed to you know been have been given the gift of discernment to have picked really good friends and to have maintained friendships that realistically most of them are like at the 10-year point um almost you know I don't really have many new friends I've got a lot Thank you. You know, I'm glad that my friends have been rocking with me because I know I'm not easy and I don't really sugarcoat how I am. I'm very who I am from the jump. They know. Um, but I've just, you know, I've, I've, I've found my tribe. I've found people that even though we've grown and we've grown in different ways where there's still a core level of care and respect that like I can feel I can feel happy with. And I feel like if I ever had like things that really went bad in my life, I've got a good group of people that wouldn't abandon me. They'll be there. And that's just a nice feeling to have. So why why I like really stress that is because I know it's not the case for everyone. So I want to like really firstly preface what I'm going to say with the fact that I know I'm in a fortunate situation in that way. However, because I'm someone who has such clear boundaries in my friendships as to like, what is a friend and what is an acquaintance? And unfortunately, Karina knows this. Not not because Karina is an acquaintance. Oh, she's, she's a she's a friend. My God. But, can we share? Can we share his, a story? <laughs> but we we got to do redacted. Everything is redacted. And I feel I felt bad in that. I'm going to I'm going to because do I'm very. I'm going to do yeah. redacted because the person may well listen and they'll know who it is. But one time we went out and there was three of us and we were going for drinks and this person said to Gloria oh yeah because we're friends and Gloria was like oh no no we're not friends we're acquaintances and like I I use the term acquaintance a lot but usually not directly to someone so I mean I respect Gloria for her honesty but you, you could you imagine at a moment when someone says you're my friend and then oh oh I, I still feel uncomfortable when I think about it we had a lovely time and everyone's so cool and we all get on with each other but Gloria is so strict on who her friends are and I've got to respect it because you really you really know who your friends are and your core group are your core group and this is the the other side because the boundary setting in the, in the friendship arena generally speaking I kind of had that on lock and I've only had one recent challenge with that where I had to kind of like re-establish some boundaries with with a, a couple of people one person realistically but like that's been the only time like I'm very like I said I I know where I stand and I know who my my core ones are if I was hiding bodies I know who would hide them with me that's a joke oh my gosh please I don't do that but you know like I, I, I like having life simple like that for me so you know in instances like that it's just a natural thing to think for me to think well no because I'm I'm not I'm telling you some stuff like girl girls um bathroom kind of chat but if I was to get in serious trouble tomorrow I wouldn't naturally think to call you and that's how I class people as friends like in my life it's like if some bad shit went down with me tomorrow could I call you about this out of the blue 
and expect you to pick up and like reasonably like listen to my qualms and help me through my situation could I share with you in that moment a heart to heart like when I'm like really going through it like on the spot and that's how I tend to class my friends so I preface all of that and preface with the awful story because oh, honestly the girl's so lovely like I really do have so much love for that girl but at that point in time I was thinking girl if I'm killing someone I'm not calling you um but yeah I preface all of that to say you know in making amends with someone from your past you know that was potentially like a, a very intense connection let's say in your life it gets so hard to figure out how to like keep them in your life in any kind of meaningful way moving forward when you're someone like me who has very clear ideas on what friends are what acquaintances are what this and that is and you know what what I realized is that like trying to make that person fit in any way with my life now considering the fact that like the more I kept them around the more I realized that like we we couldn't have a genuine friendship the kind of friendship that I have with any of my friends if I'm going through some stuff I could never I can't rely on this person you're unreliable and they've shown me time and time again they are unreliable if I'm having happy things happen in my life I can't share it with you like I I cannot share good things with you and expect you to be happy for me you probably would be happy for me but you know with all my friends it's like I don't even really need to say anything I can be like having something good share it and they'll just like you know yay woo because they're all my cheerleaders like everyone I have in my circle is happy when I'm happy and I'm I'm so happy when my friends are happy it brings me genuine joy to see people do well and stuff like that and that's the energy I like around me so that's kind of like how I go into these relationships so having someone come back and say you know let's build a friendship I was thinking oh you know we're going to do all that meaningful work you know where like if stuff's going on with you I can check in x y and z is this okay is this not okay how are things and it's not going to feel like anything it will be like something we can genuinely both explore and what I realized is that was not the case and I don't do friendships with um with with this half-assedness I have a lot of acquaintances for that reason and that's those people that I'll go out with I'll see them a lot of the time we'll have great conversations but I just know like when deep meaningful things happen I, I can't I can't automatically like go to you and that's what I realized this person was I'm like you know what this is not a friendship like you were trying to hint that it could ever be it can't be it's an acquaintanceship um but the problem I have with that particular person is that two like I said the fact that we had to make amends after years and years of like not speaking already lets you know that there's too much that had been been done happening that was intense and hard that keeping someone that you used to care about or that you do care about whatever back in your life in like a lower level kind of way and I don't mean lower level in a bad way I just mean to go from intense to less intense is a lot less difficult than to gradually build more closeness with someone to have someone you used to be close with in your life in a very loose way doesn't feel good mentally because you're trying to engage with them you know meaningfully but they're not reciprocating it back. So then you're telling yourself, don't engage with them meaningfully. But when you used to care about them, still seeing them constantly in, in, in your like in your in your mental, like in your mental sphere. It's so weird. Like when anyone's close to me, like as in I'm talking with them 
at any point I do think about them when I see things that you know oh that's funny thing you would like that you know you just naturally would do that because you're you're speaking to people once I've given you that kind of space in my mind but you're not close to me in my life but you used to be close to me it just it brought too much tension in my life and I realized that that was part of the reason why I felt so out of whack so that that was a big big thing that I realized I had to try and fix and unfortunately in those situations if you're someone who makes deep genuine friendships like I do what you have to realize is that it's actually not easy to really go back and acquaintanceship someone that you let have a deep connection with you. And that is absolutely okay. This culture of, you know, making amends with everyone and then keeping everyone as a friend, you know, sometimes that's not for you. Sometimes you can write your wrongs and your role in things and keep it pushing. You don't need to try and go back to a place that you've grown past. And I think that was definitely one of the main causes of my funk is I couldn't reconcile that old part of my life with the new part of my life and have it work out well in any way. And I had to feel okay with that. That was a very adult thing I had to do again, because I'm not going to lie, I might have done this a couple of times before, but this was different. This this is like literally even as a friendship thing, things sometimes don't work out for people and that's okay, like it's fine. So that was a, a main, a, a big thing. And, you know, I realized that with with my sleep just to bring it back to the thing that I always say because this was a new year's goal I'm pretty sure last year I said the sleep would be a thing that I try and fix fix at some point too it's much more of, of me taking care of myself just like I realized that that connection wasn't serving me what I need to start realizing is that some of my habits towards um being very high stimulation are not serving me either. So just to wrap up and say on the sleep thing, because I'm not going to give it any more airtime, I swear to you, next time, guys, I'm going to have eight hours, I'm going to be a normal girl. But like, because I had so much going on mentally that I was trying to fix with just being highly stimulated all the time, and I do it to myself all the time, I'm just letting, I'm just letting my sleep slide because I'm not seeing that aspect of my self-care as being important. And I really need to prioritise myself in that respect. I really need to be able to have some alone time where I can if I could meditate and pay attention to one thing at a certain time I really would but it's just not for me I can't pay attention to things but like candles like small things like that I really need to go back to taking time for myself and realizing what's good for me and winding down at night things like that like these small things that I know I should be doing I'm just letting slide because I love stimulation so much it's unhealthy so yeah sleep wise I'm still doing bad I can't even make excuses for it at the moment because I know what I need to do it's just that I always convince myself that there are other things that I could be doing at that point in time so I just avoid getting to it and I don't know maybe I need to go and talk to someone about that I'm at the point where I can even accept that that might be part of the solution so let's see how we progress on that point forward nobody's perfect I'm definitely learning but no it's it's a big thing and I think just like I had to cut some of those connections I think I need to cut some of my unhealthy habits that I use to stimulate myself instead of deal with some things that I have and deal with my lack of sleep so yeah 
that's me I, <laughs> I appreciate the honesty and it's it's just real isn't it it's so good to preach health and wellness and be on a self-help podcast if that's what we are if we're not just a rambling mess but it's like we also have to be real and that's one thing I really dislike about the wellness community especially the spiritual community and I'm very much involved in like not involved but I follow a lot of spiritualists and people online and they do this toxic positivity and this idea that like oh everything's fine just meditate away or like don't let things bother you and we're all great we're all great but we have to be real and I like the openness that you share in in that like your sleep isn't on point you need to work on that um and also you know not everything is great all the time which is why this episode is about bouncing back it's not about always being great and well and tips it's about what to do when you hit those spaces that you don't want to be in um and I just wanted to also comment on what you were saying about letting friendships go not just relationships but friendships because I think like we find it hard as people to actually let things go when the time has passed because we hold on to what the memory was um and we we don't let it go and I just want to end on a um on a thing that I heard from a guru called sad guru and he basically is it's not about relationships but it's about emotions and he basically says that like if someone has made you feel angry but you choose to forgive them and they're still in your life but every time you see them you're reminded of that situation or you think back to the situation you become angry again you're just punishing yourself over and over because what you're doing is making yourself feel that negative emotion every time you're around that person. And if you truly want to forgive this person, then you you need to let go of all the hurt, the pain, the anger and everything else that came with that forgiveness. Because if you don't, essentially what you're letting them do is hurt you a hundred times over for every time you think about it. And if you're not able to truly forgive and not think about it and not revisit those emotions every time, then maybe you do just need to let them go. And it's the kindest thing you can do to yourself. And we often, I think, hold on to people for the wrong reasons and it's a great piece of advice and I recommend people listening to Sadhguru he does really great talks and podcasts and interviews that are quite enlightening and interesting that honestly such a bar I can't relate to anything more than that right now Mm -hmm. so thank you so much for sharing that and just to echo Karina's point um on purpose by Jay Shetty is definitely what made me take the step to say you know what this friendship's not really serving me because, you know, Jay talks about finding purpose in work, in life, in love, but also in friendships and just having good energy around you is so much more important than you think. So please take active steps to protect your peace mm-hmm. and do whatever you need to do. It's not always easy, but we're just being real. Exactly. And I hope this episode was useful to those of you who listen to the end and hopefully relatable as well, because it's not easy we're like we said we're we're entering a war we're in a pandemic life is hard right now but just do please share with us as we always say any techniques that you've adopted from what we've spoken about or any that you have yourself that we've not mentioned because it'd be great to know how people are coping with the stresses of life right now 100% and as always we're available on socials we've got a twitter now as well we have a twitter um so on instagram it's at clued up but clueless and on twitter it is at clued up clueless and that's because there's a character limit so I couldn't get clued up but clueless um so we're at clued up clueless um but if you search clued up but clueless we'll show up because that's our name on there 
Fantastic. Well, thank you as always for joining us for another episode. Have a wonderful week and, you know, learn learn Russian online. <laughs> and we'll catch you whenever. It might not be in two weeks, but we'll catch you at some point soon. <laughs> See you. Bye.